do as I've just done. Was that Kung Fu, then? If you want to learn the martial arts, then you'd just better do as I tell you to do, all right? It's easy. Any stupid old fool can do that. Well then, young friend, any stupid old fool could do it, could they? All right. I'm sorry. I was wrong. Welcome to Paul.com Security Weekly, episode 22 for April 6th, 2006. Welcome to this edition of Paul.com Security Weekly. I am your host, Paul Asadorian. And I'm your co-host, Larry Pesci. And of course, Twitchy is here with us in Hello. the studios. Yay, Twitchy. Yay. Yay, Twitchy. Yay for me. Twitchy's a lot of people's hero, huh? That's what I've been hearing. I, I love it. Yeah. And I and I heard Paul's presentation at Acuta made him a hero, too. I don't know about that. There's a lot of talk about it. I, it, uh, I it went well. I scared a lot, a lot of people. Good. Which, which is good. I guess that's part of what we do, right, is we scare people. Well, it was uh, funny, though. Some of us scare people in different ways, like Twitchy's presentation. <laughs> well, no, no, it was funny because after my presentation, like, me and Paul would walk around, and everybody kept going up to Paul, like, Paul, you're a great teacher. You know so much. I want you to come teach at our place. I want you to come do something for us. Nobody came up to me. In fact, the police came up to me, like, we got a report about you. Like, Oh, I thought for sure. People. I thought for sure the FBI <laughs> I was waiting for the big black vans to pull up and scoop me away as soon as I stepped out of the presentation. <laughs> no, no, dude, yours is really good, man. <laughs> thank you. Thank you. Yes, I um. I demonstrated the karma attack tool. I think that's pretty much the highlight of the presentation is when I um I hijack my own wireless connection. No, when you hijack the Weston's wireless. Yeah, and other people who just happen to be in range make it hijack too. <laughs> Oops. Oh darn. <laughs> you know. Oh well. Um, revision two of the presentation is gonna be even more better. More better? Yeah, revision two of my presentation. Uh, will be edited for sensors and <laughs> and will be less twitchy. It will be less twitchy. No, it shouldn't be less twitchy. Nah, twitchy is what defines you. That's right. So this episode is sponsored by Singress Publishing. Publish, pub, publish, Singress Publishing. Boy, we haven't even been drinking that. Much. I know. Maybe we need to. Where <laughs> you can learn about owning and penetrating without going to jail. Listen to this podcast and answer questions at the end of the show. Then go to the Paul.com blog, that's P-A-U-L-D-O-T-C-O-M.com, and be the first one to post the correct answer. Please be certain to leave your email address and receive a free ticket to choose any in-stock book from the Syncrest website for free. Goose egg. Last, do you want to do last week's winner? Sure. Okay. Last week's because uh, I need to drink some more. <laughs> yeah, I agree. Last week's uh, winner of the Singress question of the week is John, aka Ghost Dog, and he obtained information from the LinuxNTFS.org website, and we'll post a link in the show notes. The question for uh, in the master file table uh, on an NTFS partition: What is the hex offset and length of the file creation time field in the standard information attributes? And the answer was hex offset 0x00, size of 8. That's Perfect. a fantastic question. I have no idea what it means, but it's a fantastic question. <laughs> you need to take Rob Lee's course at Sands. You know, I'm debating between that and securing Windows. Mm. Well, go, because, for the, go for the forensics. Well, you know, and that stems from I, I've had more than one customer ask me for help with their AD environment and setting up group policy. So I'm like, you know what? I can take that course and know enough to help an administrator set up group policy, I'm Bingo. sure. So Bingo. You know, I gotta say, I I can't do anything with Windows anymore. I've totally lost that skill and I gotta relearn it. Yeah. Like I was talking to Mike it's Kershaw. An skill. He he told I was like, dude, uh, do you know how to do this in Windows? He's like, dude, I haven't touched Windows since like ninety five. Yeah. Nice. Not gonna lie to you. I don't know. Well, this episode <laughs> is also sponsored by Core Security. Use Core Impact and give your intrusion detection system a good spanking, just like Daddy used to. Listen to this podcast and qualify to receive a 10% discount on Core Impact, the world's best penetration testing tool. Yes, and they've signed on for another five episodes. Woohoo! We love Core. Yes, we do. I uh, actually just started using Core this week and um, may even start using it more. Is I that where all those emails came from? 
Yes, yes. <laughs> Nobody answers any email from me now, ever. Yep. <laughs> yep. So. We're, we're uh, also sponsored again by the SANS Institute. Yay, SANS! Yep, which is the source for security, forensics, wireless, and all sorts of security training. And uh, listen for the discount code at the end of the show for 5% off SANS Fire, July 5th through 11th in Washington, D.C., and almost every Sans track will be offered, as well as Twitchy. Yeah, Twitchy oh, be offered. Be... What kind of deal did you guys make? Uh, uh, <laughs> oh, we we'll tell you later. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> did they agree to this? Um, yeah, we agreed for you. So, oh, thanks, guys. Um, when they come looking for you with the paddle, you have to go with them. <laughs> <laughs> yes, I will be at Sans Fire in Washington D.C. So, uh, so be sure to check them out. Yeah, come find me. So Twitchy will be going to class. There'll be people cheering, rolling up the red carpet, <laughs> chanting Twitchy, Twitchy, and then you'll wake up. Yep. <laughs> and, and hopefully, if all goes well, we'll be able to send Twitchy with some some swag. To, oh yeah, to give out to yeah. Our definitely. So definitely find me. I'll give you free stuff. Yeah. Assuming, assuming, of course, that our contest goes off without a hitch, which we're not ready to uh, announce Ooh, yet. That's right. So uh, hopefully, we'll we'll have some good stuff by then. By the way, I'll be in the GCIA track with Mike Poor. With Mike Poor. Yes. Just so everybody knows. And I'm the only person who's vibrating in a seat. They don't call me Twitchy for nothing. <laughs> we are also a proud member of Fit the Friends in Tech. We announced that last week. I wanted to mention that again because one, one of the um, wonderful things that we get as a membership of uh, Fit is the forum access. Mm -hmm. So you can go to forum.friendsintech.com. And you can participate in a forum just for our show and all the shows as part of the Friends in Tech Network. Mm -hmm. And there is a, I created a new category this week for the open show topic. Excellent. So if you didn't get a chance to participate in the open show and would like to express your opinion about open wireless network piggybacking, you can go to the forum.friendsintech.com, go find paul.com security weekly and down register at the down at the bottom and um, leave us your feedback and leave us general feedback. Put whatever Absolutely. you want on the forum, you know? I mean, we already get porn spam on it, so <laughs> yeah, <laughs> whatever you well. put there is most likely going to be better than that. Unless you want to post us links to good porn, and in which case, I, I, I'm okay with that. Actually, I think they were happy to have security guys, and that I think they're reducing their porn spam because they asked us for help. They did. They did. I don't know if I helped them so much. I think you did. I did think we I? both did. Um, okay, good. Either way. You helped George better with his wireless question because you're familiar with NetStumbler, and I haven't. I use Kismet now, and I never use NetStumbler right, anymore. Right, which is actually going to be the topic of our video podcast this week: mm. uh, NetStumbler and uh, Mini Stumbler. So most uh, excellent. Yep. So we realized that not everybody's a Linux head, and uh, you need to have uh, a Windows alternative, and uh, we're going to demo that today. And Larry says to check page 15 of the Sans Fire brochure for an interesting "What Works" presentation. Yes. Very interesting. Yeah, I got this with my information security magazine today, and uh, I just happened to flip through it as I usually do. And I turned to page. How cool is that? You flip through it and you see yourself in there. Yeah, that's that pretty rocks. scary. You that know, rocks. of course, that's now going to give uh, away all of what my uh, personal uh, job duties entail. But you know what? Oh, well, a quick Google search would have found that. That's anyways. right. It's out Speaking there. of Larry and Sands, we would all like to congratulate Larry. Because he has gotten the first part of his GON certification. That's GIAC Auditing Wireless Networks. Larry has passed both the tests to achieve the Silver GON Wireless Networking Certification. Yay! Yay, Yay me. We it's hired a stripper for you. <laughs> She's running a little late. She'll be here towards the end of the show. Oh, yeah. And for some reason, I thought it was Andy. <laughs> <laughs> and, and he might be wearing a Domino's pizza outfit and delivering a pizza. Because I'm hungry. <laughs> Where did that Yikes. come from? So uh, we've decided that, well, I decided uh, one day midstream thought and made instant message chat with Larry that every time someone gets a certification on the show, we will break open a bottle of champagne. And I have in my hand a bottle of champagne. Oh, imagine that. And here it goes. And we're going to crack it open right on the show. If I could, don't want to break Make Paul's it pop. window. Make it pop. Ooh. Oh. oh. Well, I didn't want to break Paul's windows. Oh, that's okay. <laughs> Careful around the equipment. Yeah, Paul, what you do the pour and you're okay. closer than I am. Okay. Pour some at my laptop. You want some? <laughs> Does your laptop want a drink? <laughs> my laptop will officially have more alcohol than I ever have. Yes. So, I mean, a SANS 600 level certification is a big deal. Absolutely. It's not, it's not a small accomplishment. So, I'll give Larry the first glass. Since he worked so hard for the certification. It was go tough. ahead. Uh, why don't you tough. go ahead with the uh, the rest of the announcements, Larry, while I dish out the champagne? Sure. Oh, 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 oh. 
Oh, oh. Paul almost had an accident. I almost did. I didn't, though. I saved myself. Ooh, you almost went off, Paul. Yeah. <laughs> uh, all right. So, uh, so, so I think we only got one more announcement left, but uh, please give us feedback on the video. Um, we, we've got a few more great wireless episodes coming up, especially the one we're going to do today on um, NetStumbler, et cetera. But uh, give us some topics that you, you'd like to see, especially ones that may translate well into video. And uh, let us know if you think it's still worthwhile, because it does take a good amount of time for us to accomplish that. A day in the life of Twitchy. Oh, dear God. Oh, dear God. No. <laughs> oh. Um. So here's a toast to Gone, to Paul.com Security Weekly. Congratulations, Larry. Yay. Yay. Thank you. Uh, now, now I just got to submit my proposal for the paper. Yay. I'm so tomorrow. glad you're doing the paper. And that's tomorrow. I got to do it. I'm, I've come this far. Yep. Absolutely. And now on to listener feedback. Like free software? Better yet. Like free software with the power to make it something different and better for everybody? Valid Syntax is a short 10-minute podcast looking at the status of open source projects as reported at SourceForge and FreshMeet and others that might find useful for any OS. Also, with your help, we'll spotlight on each show a project of the day, editorials, and possibly have a little fun along the way. So join me twice a week for all this and more at ValidSyntax.com. Remember, without Valid Syntax, you can't do anything. The number you have dialed is not in service at this time. I would like to thank everyone for uh, putting pins on our Frapper map. We now have 145 people. That we do. And I noticed that the In the Trenches podcast with Kevin Devin and George Thatcher over at kevindevin.com has 179 people. We're like right on the heels of In the Trenches. So yeah. my charge to the listeners... Get us past in the trenches. Not that this is a competition or no, anything. No no no, 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 no. We just we want bragging rights, you know. Absolutely. And I think we can do it. So if you haven't put a pin on the frapper map, go for it. Go tell your friends to put a pin on the frapper map, even if they don't listen. No, no, no. You no, have no, to listen, listen to the show, <clears throat> and and then go check out their podcast and put a pin in theirs too. Yes, Absolutely. give us bragging rights first. Yes. But we would like to surpass in the trenches. George and Kevin may kill us when they hear this. Because <laughs> oh. you know what? They're going to hear this and then they're going to record this weekend and they're going to tell their listeners to do the same thing. Yes. So everyone who listens to Paul.com Security Weekly needs to be really diligent. Go put a pin on the Frapper map. Let's see how many pins we can put on our Frapper map and in the trenches. <laughs> oh. Wow, champagne is gassy. Huh? Yeah, yeah, it is. I've already, I've already stifled a half a dozen over here. That's probably a bad. Now, thing. You want to take the first uh, comment while I uh, recover? Sure. I actually thought this was a fantastic question. Oh yeah, I like this one. Yeah, yeah. So uh, AD writes in, um, "What are the ha sleeping habits of the PSW crew?" It might be sleep. What's that? Yeah, it might be an interest something interesting to share on our podcast, which is absolutely true. Future security experts might want to know what kind of time needs to be put in to get the job done and be knowledgeable in their subject area. For example, are you guys staying up until two a.m. every night researching, testing, reading security-related books, etc.? And uh, he says it makes our his commute enjoyable. Uh, We're glad. Thank you so much yep. for listening. Yep. Um, security people don't sleep. I sleep. Yeah, actually, I want to say that I go to bed at about 10 or 11. All right, I'm exaggerating a little bit. <laughs> For the most part, uh, security people are, are night people. Absolutely. We stay up really late. Oh, yeah, yeah. Um, On the weekends, too. Yeah, absolutely. Especially. When you don't have to get up for work the next day. I'm certainly staying up at 2 a.m. every night. No one can. Maybe Josh can do that. I think yeah. his sleeping habits are Actually, probably... Josh works on a 36-hour day. Does he really? Yeah, he just kind of trained himself. 
I believe that. I believe, I believe that, that too. There are different ways you can adjust your sleep patterns. We don't recommend that you do any of those. Professor of mine was on metric time. Yeah, that can. Um, <laughs> what? That can. Uh, All right, back on top. Back on, <laughs> that, I mean, that can be hazardous for your health. So there are some like polyphasic sleep or something. Mm-hmm, uh, mm-hmm. And if you can find a link and put it in the show notes, that'd be awesome. I know there's a guy who blogs about his his different sleep patterns. But, you know, for the most part, security people work at night and it's mostly on the weekends because, mm-hmm. you know, we work regular jobs. We have to be up early to go into work. But on the weekends, the time that I enjoy the most is late at night because there's no one emailing you really mm-hmm. except the other people who are up late. And spammers. And spammers. <laughs> They're always up. No one's calling you. There's no people. Everyone else is in bed. It's nice and quiet. And it's the best time to work and hack, in mm-hmm. my opinion. And, and I also found that early morning was also good for that mm-hmm. as well. Mm-hmm. An interesting historical note. The early hackers, in order to get time on computers, when you mm-hmm. had to like buy time on computers, used to break in to the or use the key to get into the computer room late at night and work all through the late night uh, and play around with the computers. Right. So, so yeah, kind of a historical thing yeah. too to be like a up late at night kind of hacker. I think that's kind of where it stemmed from. You know, I, I would definitely agree. And don't get me wrong, no, Twitchy and I go to bed early. Yeah, we do. We probably get up early. I get up at about five thirty. Yeah, no, I go exactly. to bed ten eleven. Exactly. Um, you know, I'm I'm up early six thirty. But, but the nights you got to stay up and do a pen test and that type of yeah, stuff. Yeah, you're, you're up. You're saved up. Got, and oh, and yeah. weekends, I'm up till friggin' four. Exactly. I got, I got one coming up that they want me to start at ten o'clock at night. Wow, I'm that's, like that's perfect. Good. That's early. Yeah, that's perfect. <laughs> Starting yeah. a pen test is ten o'clock at night. Is yeah, usually but, it's like eleven thirty, twelve o'clock. Yeah. I'll tell you something. I don't read security related books ever. <laughs> That's what this guy mentioned. I found that kind of interesting. I just can't do it. Well, I'm see, Twitchy, Twitchy, we're sponsored by Singress. You know what, though? <laughs> I do happen to read a lot of Singress books. Oh, though. see, there the you shell go. The Shellcode okay. book, The Hack Your Identity Country, except all oh, those books are great. I've read them all. That's why I've run out of Singress books to, to read at night. I'm apologizing so, because they're all so good. Edward Chase writes oh, in. Paul, and, Paul, I want to oh, step sorry. back on a little oh, bit of that one. Sorry. Now, the other thing he asked about, you know, are we doing research and that type of stuff? And mm-hmm. absolutely. Um, Constantly, bo- by the way. Both at my day job and, oh, yeah. and after work, I'm doing research when I'm not doing, you know, all the other personal stuff. And it, it drives my wife absolutely batty because I sit in front of the TV for three or four hours at night. And the TV's just mostly there for background noise. Yep. And I'm doing security research. You name it, or I'm. <laughs> you saw the cleanup I had to do on the bar before everyone got here. <laughs> yeah. That's because while my yeah. fiance was watching TV, I was like doing work for mm-hmm. for customers and mm-hmm. such. Exactly. Last night I spent uh, four hours rebuilding laptops for uh, the the gold paper that I'm working on. I'm getting nice. a he- I'm getting a head start. Nice. So so yeah, having a, a patient spouse. Or, sig- a, or significant other. Or significant other. Or life partner. Or life partner, whatever you want to call it. Um, Pet. Is uh, very advisable. Yes, pet's a good one too. People yes. should be hacking all the time anyway. Absolutely. Every time you see something curious, hack at it. So, it, it for ex- exactly like when Nick and I showed up at Paul's house today and he was Yeah, I tried to yet. hack in where we were doing security garage. research. You know, I have Paul's house. I have one of those little panels on the outside of my uh, garage. You enter the pin number and you, and you get in. And uh, Nick and Larry were attempting to get in. <laughs> <laughs> I'll give you a hint it's a four digit pin. That's what so I figured. If you can get in. I tried to go through all the permutations. I, I I only got to like <laughs> zero 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 ten yeah <laughs> zero zero one two and then he pulled out. So Edward Chase writes in and says, um, for techno music, we should check out music.podshow.com. Podsafe Music Network. Yeah, I didn't spend a whole lot of time, but I couldn't find a way to actually download the MP3 files. There's a way you need to sign up and register. Uh, you'll have to show me after yeah, the show how you do not that. Not a problem. I didn't spend a whole lot of time with it. And last time we looked, there wasn't a lot there. But yeah, I have a tough time finding some good free techno music. Mm-hmm. So still, I'll put the charge out there to people if you have it. And it's have free. resources and it's free. Send it, and we'll plug it too. Oh, yeah. If well, you make techno music and you wanna and you wanna give us some free songs to play on the show, by all means, absolutely send it to us. Or if you happen to own a record label that produces that stuff, yeah, we'll play you know, it. Man. Or you know someone. And the other obvious solution was GarageBand. Yeah, yeah. I'm kind of I'm played out on GarageBand right now. A lot of those sweepers that you hear come from GarageBand, mm-hmm. and I've exhausted all of the garage band resources for techno sweeper type stuff mm. i need um, to bring you in some music that we can use yeah i'll see so. if i can get trent reznor or chris Vrenna to make you a 15 second song <laughs> thanks twitchy <laughs> <laughs> do you want to do, do the next one larry sure 
Um, Mark Shepard. Yes, Mark Shepard. That name from, looks familiar because I think he participates and gives feedback to a lot of the other shows. I think fit. I think so. And uh, he's from Wichita, Kansas. Um, so he writes to all of us. He enjoys listening to the show and the occasional vidcast. And I wants to congratulate us on joining the Friends in Tech Camp. We couldn't have fallen with a bunch of nicer bunch of folks, and I agree. Mm. And his question is, how come I don't see any mention of Friends in Tech on your web pages, your podcast, etc.? Have you just not gotten around to it? That is exactly the yeah. case. That little fit flag that flies in the upper right hand corner, like I need to spend some serious time with that uh, mm-hmm. because I'm not sure how that's gonna fit into my whole movable type installation. But um, right. I do I do need to put like uh, the little banners in there mm-hmm. to say that we're part of fit. So I just I haven't had a chance to update the work. I've been so swamped right. lately between work and planning a wedding and work. consulting and, and work. Yeah, work and, and podcast. podcasting. I mean last week I think we figured we put over four hours of content out. Oh, yeah. At least. Probably close to five hours. Mm-hmm. I mean between that's the video um, we did episode 21. We did the inter- two-part interview with Josh, and we mm-hmm. did the two-part um, open show. So right. it took me forever. I was up, and speaking of working late, Saturday night, last week I was up until 2, 3. I, that was the night with the time change. Mm-hmm. I don't know what time I was up till. It was really late, 3 in the morning at least. So, yeah, we are just we just haven't gotten there yet. Hell, I've been saying I need a link from um, my website, hacksofthematrix.com. Yes, that's hacksofthematrix.com to the Paul.com Security Weekly blog. Um, I said that three months ago, and it still hasn't gotten done. And I still need to do it. Yes. All right. All righty. I, I, th- I think, we, we, I think we got one of the best segments coming up here. We do. It's called Story Time with Twitchy. It's a hacking story. Come on, kids. Gather round now. It's time to learn how to hack. Commence with the scooching. Hey, kids, can you tell me where I can get a good clam pie on the island? <laughs> Don't ask. No. It's a long Sometimes story. Sometimes with Twitchy, it's best not to ask. But we're going to ask you to tell a story. <laughs> All right, well. As crazy as that sounds. This is, this is a good story. I've heard this before. Yeah, I remember I told, uh, I immediately signed on to Instant Messenger and told Larry about this story the minute it happened because it was hilarious. Um, my friend Matthew DiMatteo, who is the director of the URI Computer Forensics who Department. Who participated in our open show. Thank you, Matt. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Um, he had just got, we, we were coll- fellow college students, and uh, he just got the news that he is going to be the director of the URI computer forensics department so he's like yeah i can't wait to forensicize everything in my you know that comes across my face so forensicize huh that's interesting i yeah i invented that word so we went to uh celebrate with some calzones because that's the only thing we know how to do because we're italian because we're italian and we're in rhode island and yeah calzones is just if you haven't experienced a calzone go get one exactly so we're gonna make me want calzones (laughs) yeah we'll get food later don't worry it's on me um, so we go to the local calzone shop because there's plenty of those in Rhode Island. And I know the guy who owns it and he's a very good friend of mine. And he's like, oh, the Fig- dorks are here. And figures just like an Italian to know the yeah. calzone ownership. Yeah. <laughs> hey, oh, you got a calzone over here. Hey, oh, uh. So he goes in. He's like, oh, the dorks. I need to talk to you guys. I'm like, guys, we're, we're not dorks. We're, we're geeks. OK, he's like, oh, the geeks. He's like. My, I was at a party and I fell on the cement and now my Lexar jump drive is broken and he shakes it and it's and it's like rattling, rattling. I love this story. It sounds like a rattle and I'm, and we're like, he's like, can you guys do anything about it? Because we were talking to him about forensics before and how to recover data and stuff and that's what Matt specializes in. And Matt's like, we'll try, but I can't promise anything because it's obviously broken. I instantly knew because my father and my family is very heavy in electronics. We're all ham radio operators, too. I knew exactly what that was, and I will share that in two seconds. So we eat. We take it back. Um, and I, we eat because eating when you're Italian is like the most important thing. <laughs> we go back, and Matt's like, man, I don't know how I'm going to do anything with this because what just happened, Paul? I don't know. Paul's breaking up shit. <laughs> oh, no. It was a dog. Uh, right. <laughs> <laughs> Go lay down. Go lay down. I gave you peanut butter. What the hell is this? The dog, Don and Drew show where the dogs interrupt the show? Sorry. It's okay. So we go back. And and the dog's name is Rocco. Very <laughs> fitting with the story. Yeah. <laughs> we go back to his uh, little lab now, and uh, he's like, oh, man, I don't know how we're going to fix this because it's, you know, freaking, it's broken. It's rattling. I'm like, dude, just give me the pliers and the thing. So I crack it open, and there's a circuit board, and, a, and the, the timing crystal is a 12.5 megahertz timing crystal. Sorry, hertz, not megahertz. Um, or was it megahertz? No, I think it was just regular hertz. It was just a silver cap. Is a hurt? What? <laughs> it was Whoa. just a silver cap. Big hands. <laughs> Let me continue. <laughs> hey, 
Sausage <laughs> he, fingers? He needs big hands for my big pipe. That's another story, though. <laughs> <laughs> wow. We'll tell you that later. Uh, shouldn't have gone there. So we've got these two pieces of a uh, Lexar jump drive. One's the clock um, that makes this thing run. And one's the actual circuit board with the USB and the... Um, the storage on it. And they're like, oh man, this thing's broken. We got to call them up and tell them. I'm like, no, you don't just, just watch at this moment, a bunch of my professors, a bunch of people walk into the room and they're all like, oh, what's going on? I'm like, oh, let me show you something. So I take my thumb and I hold the crystal down on the solder leads. I plug it in and it works. And then I copy into my Linux laptop. And then I copy off the contents of this, of this uh, Lexar jump drive onto my hard drive while holding the crystal onto the solder leads and it works. And everybody's yes. like blown away by this. I think it's just run of the mill electronics. I mean, like, this is nothing special, but yeah, it's talk just about funny. dicey. <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah, that too. I mean, it worked though. I got everything off, but everybody was just flipping out like, Oh my God, I can't believe Woo! he did that. Well, of course he did it. He's a deep Petrello. Twitchy, you're God. Yeah. So everybody, I was like the big man on campus and all I did was something very trivial that like any, you know, Anybody can could have done, but so in a forensics investigation, if someone's tried to damage their USB thumb drive, you're saying there's ways to repair it. <laughs> uh, well, I mean, Ow. you could damage it a lot better than just taking the timing crystal off. But right, it was but pretty cool though. It's it a nice hardware I mean, hack. It, it, with respect to forensics, I mean, oh, that's... yeah, I mean, a normal person would have thrown this away because right. there's something right around it. Me, my family, now we just crack it open and fix it. So. Mm -hmm. It was pretty cool, and um, and you don't want to mess with Nick and his family. That's eh? right. That's right. So, so what happened after you gave it back to him? Oh, um, well, he told us we could keep it, but then we got free calzones for like life. Oh yeah, <laughs> that was that was all of his uh, business stuff. Right. So, uh, just the guy who owned the calzone shop. And that concludes this edition of. Story time with Twitchy. So Twitchy, you're gonna pick up calzones for us next. Yeah, week? we want some calzones, man. <laughs> Actually, he's his uh, wife to be is very hot and a pharmacist, and he doesn't go to the store anymore. Damn. He just stays at home doing God knows what. But I do know the guy who's running it now. Free calzones, come on. We're planning an offensive on the new calzone shop opening up across the street. All right. <laughs> hey, Mac, you talking to me? Yeah, you, Mac. What do you want? I understand you're quite a computer. A lot of people seem to think I am, yes. I also understand a lot of people don't understand everything about you. Well, that's their problem, not mine. That's why there's the typical Mac user podcast and website. Typical Mac user, eh? Yeah, they learn all about you, Mac. Hmm. They learn all the good stuff and the bad stuff. Surely you're not suggesting there's a bad side to the Mac? Yeah, you let them decide about that. Hmm. Typical Mac user podcast and website. TypicalMacUser.com. Catchy name. Yeah, I'm going to go find out all about you, Mac. <laughs> this is Joshua Wright from Ruben Networks, and you're listening to Paul.com Security Weekly. Wireless Networks rooted six ways to Sunday. So the big news this week was um, that the, uh, well, not necessarily security news, but the big news this week was that the, uh, the what's it called? Base? base? Boot camp. Boot camp. Boot camp. I was thinking base camp is project management online software. Uh, boot camp was released so that you can boot Windows uh, and OS X on your Intel MacBook Pro. And released by Apple, no less, in beta. And yes. you know why it was released? It was in, released in reaction to how it got hacked. Absolutely. Absolutely. I mean, everyone I talk to who's a Windows user, who's like, I want to buy a laptop and I want to buy a MacBook Pro and I want it to run Windows. Windows. And why I don't know. Do that? Why, why would you do that? Because it's all the same hardware that Dell sells. We're going to do a, a fit thing. We're going to yes. record a fit thing talking about this very subject. So I don't want to get too much into detail. But really quick, um, 
my my like two sentence opinion on it is that ever since the ThinkPad thing went to like China, mm-hmm. Lenovo, yeah, people have a tough time finding good Intel-based hardware to run Windows. So when Mac or Apple announced that they'd have an Intel-based MacBook Pro, I think the Windows users were like, wow, really good hardware that I can run Windows on. Because there's what do you really mean really good hardware? There. It's all the same hardware. Exactly. Same motherboard, That's, same Intel hey, chipset. I'm and not it, saying it's a valid <laughs> argument. Right. Like, I don't just understand saying, that. And there's no drivers. Windows, Windows users come to me and be like, oh, I'm all excited. I want to run Windows and, on your MacBook. Can I ask something from the Dude, viewers, you though? don't want to do that. You yeah. want to run OS X because that's what runs best on the hardware, and that's why Apple chose it. Mm-hmm. Now, I got to ask, I want to ask if you or any viewers out there know of a comparison of equivalent Intel Mac specs. Yeah, they did, that with the Mac, spec. they did that with a Mac Mini. They rebuilt it with regular. No, no, no. Hardware. Like, I want to see Linux OS X and Windows go head to head on the exact same hardware. That so, would be interesting. So, right? put OS X on an Intel Mac, mm-hmm. then take those exact same specifications from the Mac onto a Dell machine, let's say, then put Linux and Windows on that Dell machine. Now you have the same hardware. Different OSs, who's faster for different things? Run the MySQL versions, I think, run all those different versions of different I, software, and I, benchmark I th- them. I think that virtualization is really the, the, way, to the way to go. And a lot of the mailing list talk that... For benchmarking it? No, for, for like usability. Oh, oh, I was <laughs> right? talking about the... No, you know, I want to run OS ten, and then I want to have Windows, and I want to have Linux in a VMware kind of thing. Like that True. to me is the most useful. <laughs> okay, excuse me. Bless That's, you. <laughs> this is a damn uh, champagne. <laughs> yes. Uh, so anyway, on to the next story. Yes, because that's not security related. Insecure Magazine issue six came out this week. There's a fantastic article about the cost of spyware to an organization. Which I thought was very interesting. So if you're in your organization and you're trying to get your management to understand why you need to spend money on the next anti-spyware platform or there are even network-based devices that do anti-spyware, this is a really great article to read and draw resources from. And there's a bunch of other good articles in there as well. Um, I, I really enjoy the online magazine that comes in the form of a PDF. Yeah, I like that. It was pretty good. Paul, is there any more champagne left? Uh, there is not. Uh, sorry, Andy. Sorry, Andy. There's beer in the refrigerator. And, but you got to uh, get that yourself. Yeah. There's an assortment of liquor throughout the house. Feel free to rummage. <laughs> liquor, <laughs> and the, I hardly know. The Coke with Nick written on it, Larry? It's not yours. yours. Yeah, don't, don't drink Nick's Coke. Oh, and one of the other things I saw in Insecure Magazine was that Counterhack Reloaded is officially released and available on Amazon.com. Yeah. Which is Ed Scotus and Tom, Liston. and Tom Liston's new book. And it's supposedly 45% new content, which I think is awesome. Is it 10% mm-hmm. of my daily fiber requirements? It if may it, even be. It, if, if you, you tear book, out 10 might... pages and you eat it, it's probably 10% of your daily fiber. Imagine that. I beat you to that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Why do we let him on? I don't know. Because he's popular. Apparently. He is. Everybody loves Twitchy. <laughs> Twitchy, tell us about a battle of the botnets. Oh, well, I'll change. Take a story. Come on. All right. Step all right. up to the plate. Should I just read it off the website? You I, can, really? and then comment on it. The change in botnets in part reflects... What? <laughs> Paul, you take this over, man. I'm sorry. <laughs> yeah, Paul can't spell. I just put Twitchy on the spot, and he fell down. <laughs> well, well, Paul, I can't, say you blame, I can't say you blame no, him. You, you can't spell. <laughs> Did you add any stories to the wiki this week? No, I couldn't. All the ones I wanted to add were already there. Oh, well, okay. Well, then you, you'll take the... T- we'll pick a story, think about it, and we'll come back. Okay, we'll do. Battle of the Botnets was a story. Um, that I read about the new trends in botnets. And one of the things I found interesting was uh, there's a quote there in the wiki that talks about how their botnets are getting smaller and then that botnets are trying to take over other botnets. So if you have a botnet that's really good at like sending spam, my botnet will take over your botnet. And use it to send spam. Obviously. And use it to send spam. But I'll take control of your botnet. I'd like a botnet. I thought that was pretty freaking cool. Can I have a botnet? So, uh, warfare among spammers in the past year in which competing worms sought to attack networks of already compromised computers, turning over control to a new spam master. Yes, master. That's like, should be someone's title? Like, what are you? I'm a spam master. Like, if someone, like, said that to me, I, I, I'd beat him up. Yeah. You're, you are someone who's responsible for the spam that comes around. And let me tell you, the PSW at Paul.com.com gets oh a phenomenal God. amount of spam. 
Yeah. Everyone notices it. I never knew I had that many Citibank accounts. No kidding. Or PayPal accounts. Or, or Chase Man or Chase Bank accounts. I had this account in Oklahoma. I didn't even know I had it. Yeah. So and I just gave them all my info. And unfortunately, my email client can't understand any of the uh, Chinese or Japanese. My email so client. And it does a lot I of use, questions. I use mail under um, OS 10, and it does a decent job of uh, um, spam protection, mm-hmm. uh, but not with the BSW account. No. no if just, anybody has some good uh, anti-spam stuff for personal use, yeah. preferably with Firefox. Or I'm going to go to RSP and ask them uh, to turn on some spam stuff. Actually, I don't know if it costs uh, money or not, but I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to ask them. I'm kind of glad that we got a lot of spam because, you know, I use that spam to train my spam assassin for my organization. There you go. And it actually works really well. Spam is useful. Maybe we'll leave it there. Nice. We have another freaking IEX (sighs) play. Now, during my presentation at Akuta, because I'm a friggin' drama king, um, I got up on the chair. I said, I'm going to give him my IE soapbox. So I said, screw it. I stood up on the chair and I yelled at people not to use Internet Explorer. Hey, nice. You were the only one on a chair yelling. Well, you know, Nick <laughs> copied me, but. Um. <laughs> what? <laughs> You're right. So, Actually, I did try to copy your presentation style, but then I added twitchiness to it. <laughs> okay. So you got up on your chair. Yeah. <laughs> so I got up on my chair and uh, I told people not to use Internet Explorer. And people asked me questions and they said, Paul, what about. Um, I actually used something from Steve Morosky, which we didn't include in the listener oh. feedback, but Steve... Um, this is good, by the way. Yeah, and make a note in the show notes, and I'll add it later. Uh, Steve Morosky has a link to a SourceForge yeah, project that yeah, yeah, yeah. you can control Firefox settings through an Active Directory group policy. Yeah, Steve, I'm sorry I forgot it. I was the one that did the script this week. So, like, my I dad. mentioned that in my presentation to thwart any questions about Paul. How do you manage Firefox in an Active Directory domain? Yeah, Paul. Blah, blah, blah. And so... I squashed that right away. No one asked that question. But then someone asked, you know, hey, how do I get around those applications that only support Internet Explorer? And my answer to them was, don't use them. If you have an Active Directory environment and you have control over the desktop, put icons on their desktop that say icon. You can make it whatever icon you want. Name of application, you know, Mm -hmm. ERP XYZ application. So when users double click on that icon, it opens Internet Explorer. It opens Internet Explorer and then goes to the website that's only supported on Internet Explorer. That is exactly what I do um, because my organization uses a couple of applications that are IE only. Yep. Um, Make your default web browser Firefox. Firefox, exactly. Right, right. And then create some icons for those applications. And I I do that all the time. So when user receives spam, like we just talked about, and they (laughs) click on the link or receives an email from me with the from core with the latest IE exploit that is Mm -hmm. patched, and they click on the link. It opens Firefox. It opens Firefox. Now, there are vulnerabilities for Firefox, but Firefox has the Mm auto-updater, and I think they do a much better job of keeping up with patches. How long has this latest create text range vulnerability been floating around out there? Too long. When are we going to see a friggin' patch for that? Next Tuesday. (laughs) By the way, Paul, I like how you answer people's questions on Active Directory, and in my presentation, I just told them to get out of the room. (laughs) 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 They're like... How about Active Directory? Get out of here! So the latest IE exploit is uh, made especially for fishers because it does um, address bar spoofing. So it can uh, ability to spoof the URL up in the URL bar. Very similar to status bar spoofing, which is that the bar you know down the bottom of the browser, which I wrote a paper on in the in the Sans reading room that talks about. Um, how using JavaScript that with both browsers, Firefox and IE, you can actually spoof the status bar. So never trust your status bar. Mm-hmm. Uh, but with Internet Explorer now, this is a URL bar that can be spoofed, which is even worse. Yeah. So, you know, while you think you may be going to www.mybank.com, you're really not. And it makes it easier for people to create that matrix-like environment for yourself and make you think you're on your bank's website entering in your username, your password, and your bank account information when you're really giving that over to an attacker. And Paul, you gave me the perfect out to work in this joke. You know, the, the quote was the new spam master, and it's about phishing. And you use bait and phishing. So they're probably spam bait masters. <laughs> you take if you a little bit of, pinch a little bit of spam and put it on the end of the hook and yeah. cast it and, into and, the internet. And, and if you really look at that, not only are they spam bait masters, they're spam masturbators. <laughs> <laughs> you thought about that all day. <laughs> no, actually, it only took me a couple minutes. There's like smoke coming out of Larry's headphones right now. <laughs> but it's worth it. If you were wondering what that nuclear cloud explosion was over my head, that was it. That's what that was? Can I take the next story? You can. Speaking of Absolutely. nuclear explosions. <laughs> yeah. Ah, I'm horrible at this. 
Well, apparently, according to a top Microsoft security officer, um, the latest types of malware are so potent that organizations should forget about trying to cleanse infected systems and just nuke them. That's really good advice, actually. And then maybe you can install a different operating system on it while you're at it. But, um, yeah, apparently it's gotten so bad that even Microsoft recommends you just format and reinstall. I've always recommended that people yeah, format have, and reinstall. Yeah. And I, I get flack for that. People's like, oh, my God. Like, when I tell them, when I tell them that... And I look at the looks on their faces. It's like this, like they're watching a horror movie and something like really, really horrible. Like someone has just gotten maimed and killed in the most horrible way. And that's it's the all look their on stuff, their face. dude. Yeah. You t- even now, Microsoft is telling them to just reformat. That's horrible. Yep. When, when uh, your support for your software is just oh, uh, delete it and reinstall. That's that's bad support. Andy's yeah. telling me about an Ed Scotus article. Right. And, and before he does that, just to go on that, yeah, I was telling Paul offline before we started that I'm working on some of those laptops to get the gold paper done, and they're in various states of disrepair. So I'm booting them up with the, the OS that I got them with, Windows 2000, mm-hmm. and I have one laptop. It's a P3700. I booted it up, logged in on Windows 2000, waited for it to finish booting up, plugged in a USB keyboard, installed the drivers. That's it. Took 30 minutes. And he's going to add some resources to the show notes on this very topic. But, you know, I've always recommended people format, reinstall. Um, there's a definitely look of horror on their faces. Acronis and Symantec Ghost are two products that can help you with imaging, mm-hmm. which is what I recommend when I go in and I consult for organizations. And I tell them that they need to have facilities to be able to format and reinstall um, their desktop operating systems, uh, you know, at the drop of a hat, and they have that look of horror, and they fall over in their chairs, and then I give them the resources for Semantic Ghost and Acronis, and I believe the Fit members, if you go listen to the the, the Fit podcast feed, um, George Tarcher and Kevin Devin managed to get a discount on Acronis. Excellent. So check out the the Fit website, friendsintech.com, and they're, uh, they do have a discount code in there, I believe, for Acronis. If you have any questions, email George Starcher. Um, yeah, or myself, and you know, we'll we'll get you, you know, we'll get you the right information if you're interested in the Acronis product. Um, so it's a desktop imaging uh, application. Paul, I think this next story is all you because I'm not an OS 10 user yet. Uh, there's an update for OS 10, so it's time to update to 10.4.6. The one security fix that was in there was for the uh, firmware. There was some bug in the firmware. Hmm. I don't, I can't recall the exact details, but. Um, there is only one security fix, and it's not really a huge deal. So I'm kind of uh, I'm holding off on my upgrade to ten four six until I can uh, see how other people are faring with it. Which is always a good idea. But yeah, if again. there's not security fixes, I actually do hold off until <clears throat> until I hear about good and bad things that have happened with the update. Mm-hmm. And there seems to be some. Uh, oh, there's the link info.apple.com. Woohoo. I will tell you what the uh, what the firmware is, uh, the firmware thing. Talk about something else in the meantime. All right. Um, <laughs> wire. Uh, I'll go on to my one of my stories. Uh, wireless fasteners. I picked this off of uh, Bruce Chenier's, uh blog, and I nearly fell out of my chair when I read this. This isn't the one that uses uh, power adapters over wireless, is it? No, no, no. This was a a company has developed these new wireless fasteners. Basically, they're like screws. That you can fasten and unfasten over wireless, mm-hmm. which pretty damn interesting concept. But you know the the comments were made that sure they're encrypted, they're wireless, and we obs- obfuscate all the stuff. And yeah, they're secure from hackers. Oh, well, I'm sorry. The Mac OS 10 update was the firmware uh, password can be bypassed on uh, Macintosh Intel based computers. That's Actually. great work, Apple. Sorry. Dope. Dope. So if you have a Macintosh Intel based computer, uh, you need to apply this update right away. Before it gets you, owned. Yeah, before mm-hmm. your physically, you know, physical security becomes compromised. Right. So yeah, these wireless fasteners were like, all right, so wirelessly with this controller, I can un- unbolt and basically unbolt and rebolt things. With a wireless thing, pretty neat concept. You know, they say they secure them. You name it, and, and because we do these security things, they're invulnerable from hackers. Well, Bruce Chenier uh, made the comment that obviously this guy has no concept of security, and my comment was he obviously has no concept of wireless security because guess what? You can obfuscate a whole bunch of wireless stuff, and they have encryption and they have security. And yep, guess what? 
It's not very secure. One thing that I heard on the Sabag Security Podcast I was listening to was they talked about how someone has created a product for power over wireless. So wirelessly, you can uh, plug something in to this little adapter, and then it uses something in the 7 point something gigahertz spectrum, and it transmits to this other receiver, and it can receive power. And they say something about the warning message is not to put any humans devices or anything in between the signal because it could cause harm. I don't know if this came from the April Fool's thing, if it's a total April it Fool's Dear joke. Paul, I wanted to send you a letter. It's signed to Twitchy. Hold on. Dear Paul, please don't believe April Fool's because <laughs> it is physically impossible to transmit power it, wirelessly. No, it is it not. It technically is possible via microwaves, but very high power microwaves, and it's highly inefficient. And actually, they power African villages via This microwave. actually was microwave-based power. So I don't know if it's an April Fool's At joke. Seven gigahertz? Now. That's what they said. It's an April Fool's joke. That's not it's microwave. It's gotta be an yeah. April Fool's joke. Seven gigahertz is not microwave. But eat, I'm thinking eat, like, all right, sign twitchy. It, even if it is an April Fool's joke, like people put everything over wireless. Like I said in my presentation, freaking everything is wireless mm-hmm. now. Like it wouldn't surprise me if someone came out with something <clears> as stupid as like powering stuff over wireless. Hey, I'm not the one who believed the story. You are. Well, Don't you get angry I didn't at me? I believe the story. <laughs> I actually, I actually had this come up at one point in another job in another lifetime. Um, there was a, a very uh, a school that was uh, very into stuff that was very well designed, et cetera, and they were building a new lab, and they wanted they didn't want all these wires coming out of the back of the monitor on the top of the desk because they wanted it to look great, and they said, well, can't we make the connection to the computer wireless? Well, yeah, we can. It's going to cost you a lot of money. Mm. Well, there's this other cord. What is that for? Power? Can't we make that wireless too? No. Oh, oh, no. No. And the comment was by one of the senior engineers that yes, absolutely, we can do that, but we need to resurrect Nikolai Tesla. Yeah, no kidding, <laughs> huh? He Dude, was, he was ooh. great. And by the way, Nikolai Tesla is the inventor of wireless electricity. Oh. He's he's my hero. I love that guy. Yeah. Look up his story on Wikipedia, man. He is great. So wireless electricity. It's a research topic. He was also insane. Yes. <laughs> he was also very insane. Hey, whether he also possible, made a death ray. Whether possible or not. I think it's I think it's a pretty cool concept, and I think that um, security-wise, it could pose uh, great risk. There's yeah. many devices <laughs> talk, that are wireless. Talk about denial of service. Yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> Click. There goes your power. So, yeah. so the the final the final word on the wireless fasteners deal was uh, Bruce Chenier was saying, you know, we can see some terrorist with a garage door opener and these wireless fasteners on an airplane standing outside the airport and going. Boonk, disassemble and planes disassembling themselves at you know sixteen thousand feet. They should make women's clothing out of these things. <laughs> oh, the other sweet. <laughs> and I walk around with my garage door opener. <laughs> <laughs> All right, I like wireless fasteners. Yeah, no, that's uh, a great idea. Uh, the other news story: uh, native OS ten Nessus client is out there. Woohoo! Woot. Anyway, next story. <laughs> wow. It's still in beta. I did some preliminary <coughs> testing. It it worked. I scanned. I saved a report. I went to export the report. It crashed, and I lost the report. So, um, yeah, it's still in, yeah, it's still in beta, but I think it's a fantastic, uh, mm-hmm. a fantastic mm-hmm. thing. Absolutely. Uh, next, uh, the trend. most of the stories are yours. After this, Larry. Okay. Uh, trend Micro had an information leak. Because one of their employees did not have antivirus installed in the computer. It's yeah. an antivirus company. I know. Oh my god. He was running McAfee. No, yeah. no, he wasn't running anything. <laughs> he was running Clam which also had Clam AV had a vulnerability this week. I don't know if those uh, I hate I don't want to steal your thunder, but really quick, the SANS ISC website has some new RSS feeds. Yeah. One contains full text and one is like a, uh, a RSS feed, like an aggregation Titles. of a bunch of vulnerabilities. Right. Yeah. yeah. Diary. Yeah. So go check them out. Go Absolutely. check them out. And uh, claim if he does have vulnerability. So if you're running that, you may want to update. It. I mean, digest. That's what it would be. Right. A digest, not a diary. Sorry. So yeah. So anyway, the, the, trend micro. Right. <laughs> so no antivirus on an AV company's computer. I believe it was a laptop. And not to mention, they had peer-to-peer apps on this oh, computer as well. Who doesn't? Fired. But on well, a co- on your corporate system, I mean, define. I mean, okay, BitTorrent's okay. You can get legitimate stuff over BitTorrent. Absolutely. Many people distribute legitimate things over BitTorrent. No, it wasn't BitTorrent. It was because uh, yeah, you know, bear share. Wow, this this guy like, sounds like he's a graduate of the University of Rhode Island <laughs> or any college out there. I mean, every college has a problem with peer to peer, right? But uh, you know, yeah. I mean, BitTorrent's popular. I think. Um, 
BitTorrent works the best, but like I said, it can be used for a lot of legitimate purposes. It's all legitimate. Mm-hmm. It was meant to be legitimate. It right. was. Yeah. You can get a lot of not so legitimate right. stuff over What? BitTorrent. Where? You have to send I, me that link. I don't know what you're talking about. No, right. I don't I, have I any links. The, I read it on the internet somewhere. So, so yeah, the, the big thing that I found, there were two big things that I found really interesting about this story um, was one, obviously, I'm assuming, and I think I'm pretty correct in assuming that Trend Micro has policies that you have to have AV on your machine and don't be using it for peer-to-peer crap. Yeah. Um, oh, speak so, it. So, uh-huh. so obviously, great. Policies are important, but so is enforcement. Yeah. Real, it's true. And, you know, not only policies difficult to write and implement, so is enforcement. Yeah. I mean, and that's you, part and you got to do it all. You, you got to I mean, do it all. Write the policy, implement the policy, enforce, enforce the, the policy. policy. Right. And, and, and if you can't, hard. and if you can't enforce it, throw the policy away. Yeah. Because it's useless. Or change it so that you can enforce it. Right. right. Absolutely. Threaten them with thing, visits from Twitchy. I want to say about BitTorrent <laughs> if you haven't seen the show, The IT Crowd, you need to go see the show. What does that have to do with BitTorrent? I I don't know. But <laughs> we're gonna, it's a good show. We're going to go over time, but I don't care because people, this is very important. <laughs> this is important news. <laughs> you need to go watch the IT crowd. All six episodes. There's All only six been six episodes. episodes. Season one, it is a fan. It's from uh, Britain. Britain. BBC Four. It's British. It is British. Oh, a bit of British humor. A bit eh? of British humor is British humor, but it's a good introduction to British humor, and it's extremely funny. So it's about these two guys and their female uh, newly hired boss who work in the basement of a corporation and run the IT department. And it sounds like every IT department I've ever worked in. Every time he answers the phone, he goes, IT, did you turn it on and off again? <laughs> did you turn it off and on again? Nice. Are you sure it's plugged in? And then he has this little recording that it automatically answers the phone and goes, did you turn it off and on again? And he actually solves people's problems with the recording. <laughs> you know what this sounds like to me? A television version of Bastard Operator from Hell. It is way yeah, haven't seen. It. I haven't seen nah, it yet. It's just but, a uh, funny I, show. I happen to have a copy that I may or may not have acquired via BitTorrent. Anyway. Boy, it got real quiet. Yeah. So there, there, anyway, there was one IT other, crowd, very yeah, good show. Yeah, there was one other thing that I had about the uh, Trend Micro deal that sort of popped something back in my mind was the peer-to-peer fiasco. And I remember maybe a year, year and a half ago, I think it was last summer, there was a website out there, seewhatyoushare.com. I love that website. That was awesome. And I wish I knew what happened to it. I think he got beat down. Basically, the website was... Um, the guy was scouring oh, peer-to-peer. Oh, oh, TorrentSpy.com? PirateBay.com? Oh, no, 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 no. This was... I have to edit that out. This was... <laughs> <laughs> don't, don't. Mini Nova. Mini Nova. <laughs> so this was a guy that would scour peer-to-peer networks looking for uh, documents, Excel spreadsheets, quick Andy, files. please don't put those in the show notes because we don't want to get arrested. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Nor do we want them to get shut down. I yeah, mean, uh, yeah. so uh, back to uh, seewhatyoushare.com. Yeah. Uh, great website. It's, yeah. It's gone? It's gone. It's gone. No. Yeah. So this guy scoured Peer to Peer Networks looking for See files. Seewhatyoushare.com. I'm just going to do it now. I'm just going to search on like Kazaa for like oh, Excel. Oh, it's some advertising for GoDaddy.com. Right. right. So basically. No GoDaddy girl though. That's will you guys shut up? Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> so this guy was searching peer-to-peer networks looking for all these strange files, PDFs, Excel spreadsheets, Word documents, Quicken files, etc. And he'd find them, sanitize them, and post them on the website. And he was finding confidential military documents, people's checking accounts, JPEGs of licenses, nude pics of your mom. No, <laughs> not my mom. Yeah, yeah. You know, it was stuff you like that. You haven't seen the nude. Oh, never mind. It, it what? <laughs> what? What is that? Lemon? What? Oh, we're no. so over time. Okay, what was that? Going. Lemon something? No, let's keep going. <laughs> keep going. All right. It was a horrible picture I ne- saw before the start of the show. I'm yeah. still trying to recover. Oh, it's from. still up too. Department of Homeland Security. Brian it- J. Doyle. Freaking bastard uh, was caught doing sex acts, uh, soliciting sex from little girls online. Fourteen. I thought girls. it was. I thought it was little boys. No, it was, it was a girl. Fourteen-year-old oh, girl. Okay. Is there a difference? Um, Come on. Either way. The thing that got me about this story: Doyle even sent the girl pictures of himself taken at the Department of Homeland Security headquarters wearing a Homeland Security pin. No Talk shit. Talk about feeling like I am God, I no one can touch me, yet you will be in the poundly behind federal prison shortly. Yeah. Yeah. So th- that was a- another big thing that I really wanted to bring up. Yep. Um, 
one who's policing the police, and it's kind of obvious they finally got caught. But maybe uh, I'm glad they're policing the police. I'm and, glad and, they found him. Right, and don't they need to do background checks for this type of stuff? Now, don't get me wrong; background checks are only good if you've gotten busted for it before. Yeah, it's true. So, pun intended. This guy is porked. Um, Still, background checks should. Pick you'd up think, on that kind of think. thing, no? But not if you haven't been busted for something like that. Yeah. That's how I still have my job. Exactly. <laughs> but the uh, the other big... Not for this guy's reason. The the big the bigger discussion is, because hopefully I'm moving in this direction, um, the discussion of really keeping your kids safe on the internet. M- moving in what? Soliciting 14-year-old girls for sex? <laughs> I know, dude. What? Come on. Oh, having children D- moving in that direction. I'm speechless. <laughs> how did you know? <laughs> no, I do not solicit 14-year-olds on the internet. You only solicit Twitchy. No, she said she was 16. There's plenty of other porn out (laughs) there. Dude, that was my sister. I mean, come on. There's plenty of legal porn out there. Oh, sorry. We already went through those. (laughs) Right. So the the last story, Larry. Is, is, oh, well, keep your kids safe on the internet. Yeah, absolutely. Put put the PC they use in a public area. That's a good point to make. Put the PC they use in a public area. Talk with them about responsible internet use. Absolutely. Um, Monitor their use. um, Limit it. You know, have open discussion. Uh, my my belief is you need to have open discussions with your kids about this type of stuff, because you don't want to keep bad things away from them. You want to educate them about it. Again, clearly, m- only my opinion, but no, dude, ed- that educate, works. Educate them. This is what my dad taught me about electric sockets. Yeah, don't way. stick the fork in it. He made me stick the fork. Stick the por- fork in it. <laughs> as you can, <laughs> that's a, that explains a lot. As you can tell, that explains a lot. But you know, rea- really, you, I love you, sticking the pork in it. <laughs> wow! In the grill, I put the pork in the grill. Wow. Pork sausage. Hey, you know, it all depends on what culture in Paul grill. You know, how these shows deteriorate no. as they go. Oh on. my God, yeah. Larry, Larry, stop! Grill has different connotations depending on what culture you're in. Uh. <laughs> Larry, tell them, <laughs> please tell the listeners about Blacklisted 411. Yes. Please give them some useful information. information. Yes. Well, it was about keeping your kids safe on the internet, but we got on pork and grills. All right. So Blacklisted 411. Yes. I, I rediscovered a, a great uh, print magazine, what is now print magazine, has been for a number of years, uh, Blacklisted 411, which is apparently now available at Barnes & Noble. Yes, it is. I bought uh, last uh, the last issue. Not the current one. I don't have the current one yet. Right. Right. The... the and, Excellent. My, it's li- kind of like 2600. Right. The I, same Barnes and Nobles you can hack wireless using maybe. Shh, maybe. And pinging? Maybe. Okay. Um, so, yeah, the, our, our Barnes and Nobles in the backwoods a little bit. So, we were a little behind the time. So, I got the most recent version, the one that's out now. And I was reading through it on the can the other day. And there was a fantastic <laughs> article <laughs> on OpenWRT. Fantastic article. I highly recommend the magazine. They had some other great stuff in there. Go buy it. Blacklisted411.com. That's fantastic, Larry. <laughs> yes. And I think the last story we've got was something very near and dear to Paul in my hearts. Uh-oh. The WRT54G. Oh, oh, in the magazine. Yeah, 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 definitely. No, 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 something different. Oh. Two days ago, what? A day ago was announced that the WRT 54G version 5, the one that runs VXWorks, has been hacked and you can install your own open source Yay, firmware. Hey, we love hacking. Now, <laughs> that being said, it's not an easy thing to do. You need to open Says you. You need to open it up and you need to assemble a JTAG um, connector and you need to connect it to your PC and then you need a TFTP to it after you mess with the JTAG controller and you can only install the mini version of DDWirt. That's cool though. At least you steps, can hack it. Steps in the right direction. Definitely. Definitely. Wait, uh, what operating system does it run? VXWorks? VXWorks. Isn't that what runs the uh, Mars lander? Is VXWorks? I would not be surprised. I'm pretty sure it does. Let's go hack the Mars lander. <laughs> Did I say that out loud? <laughs> Shit. <laughs> anyway, uh, we're going to try and wrap this show up because we are so far over time. And, and people we, still listen, Paul. They exactly. do. I'm, and I'm, thank you very much for listening. All right. And we have a video version to do. And pizza to eat. Please hold. Your call is being transferred to an automated voicemail system. Sorry, the number you have dialed is not in service at this time. Dope. The number you have dialed has been changed. The new number is 
that bitch. She changed her number. Damn it. Oh, let's wrap this bad boy up. Yes. Send us email. PSW at Paul.com.com. And check out the blog at Paul.com.com. P-A-U-L-D-O-T-C-O-M.com. Question of the week. Yeah. Singress, question of the week. We said we were going to come up with something that you could not find on Google. Yes. Are you giving me my wish? Yes. This question of the week is... What is the first computer that both Paul Asadorian and Mike Poor used? Owned. owned. And hacked on. And right. owned. Owned with like regular spelling. Owned. Right. Possessed. Possessed. And, when um, they were kids. And probably hacked on and mm-hmm. probably owned in the other word too. But what is the first computer that Mike Poor and Paul Asadorian owned? And for bonus points, who can also tell us the first computer that Larry owned? Wow. What is the bonus what do you get if you get the bonus question? I don't know. We're going to come up with something, but okay. it's going to be good. Okay. Because that one, I think, is going to be significantly more difficult to find. And for a fake bonus, who can tell me how awesome I am? Anyway. Why is there silence? <laughs> <laughs> the Sans discount code is paul.com. I'm not sure. I think you had to put those in like greater Gr- than or brackets. less than brackets and greater yeah. than or less than signs. <laughs> Um, if you have trouble with that, just let us know. But sans fire, go register. Discount code poll.com, P-A-U-L-D-O-T-C-O-M. No spaces, no periods, etc. And the core discount code is Impact BSG, as in Impact Battlestar Galactica, for our good friend Mike Yaffe over at Core. Yes. And that concludes this edition of Paul.com Security Weekly. It's about time, I know. Thank you so much for listening. We love our listeners. Go post some stuff on our Frapper map. Yeah. We'd like that. Dude, why did that girl change her number on me? I don't know. You're apparently too twitchy. (laughs) Do you really (laughs) want me to answer that? I really like that. That was a good thing. No, not that she changed her number. The music. Don't shoot me, Larry. Paul should never dance. (laughs) Paul, are you taking lessons for your wedding? Uh, <laughs> kung fu lessons? Yeah. No, no, dancing lessons. Isn't kung fu kind of like dancing? Yes, but you can in, kill people in a very deadly way. Yes, yeah, in a very deadly way. I lo- I lucked out. We only had to have one dance at the wedding. I'm gonna do the chicken dance. Oh dear God, no! That's it. I'm not going. <laughs> Hey, Paul, you lucked out. There's no Nine Inch Nails concert the night of your wedding, so I'll be there. (laughs) I sure did. Over and out!